and welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. I'm really excited today to bring Lois Ferrario here with us. She just retired having uh, a wide breadth of uh, what do we call it? Not information. Um, experience. Can't even find my words this morning. It's a Saturday morning when we're recording. Welcome to my world. Yes. And and uh, Lois is a retired teacher, uh, middle school and band teacher, and she's done a whole lot of things. So before she shares her journey and some things she's learned along the way, I'd like her to tell us a little bit about why she became a teacher and what she has taught so that we all can go, oh, I relate to that. And then we can talk about some things she's learned in her journey. And the goal is for you to take away one little tidbit that might help your life be a little bit easier. So Lois, thanks for giving up time on a Sunday or Saturday morning and being here. Yeah. Go ahead and give our listeners a bit of background about you. Sure. Well, um, I grew up in Long Island, kind of in the middle of the, of the Island and always had from an early age, a love of music. Uh, even before I could walk, my parents said I used to dance around to music and in, in the living room, and you know, and so forth. So when the time came to to choose an instrument, in fifth grade, I chose the flute, and I got in, involved in band, and absolutely loved it. I mean, it just really spoke to me. And and for a person who is mostly math and science oriented, uh, music was this this great. Um, companion uh, to go along with with uh, with my other studies. So my my plan was to go to med school, and uh, I originally started pre med and was going to be a music minor um, in college, and decided that my heart uh, really pulled me more toward toward music. I was spending more and more time in the art the arts building and less in the, in my biology lectures. And uh, decided had to sit down with my parents and said, "Okay, you know this has got to change." So uh, decided to um, uh, go to the Ithaca College uh, School of Music because they had a great music ed program, and I really, I really wanted to be a band director. That was that was my goal. Uh, so I went there, and then I got a job teaching uh, middle school band and orchestra uh, on Long Island. Um, I decided uh, after a few years that I really wanted to teach high school. So when back in New York State, you have to have master's degree after a certain amount of time in order to teach at a higher level. So went back to Ithaca and got my master's degree in conducting. Um, found that I, I really loved that. I loved conducting. I took a few workshops, found that was sort of my niche. Uh, got a job in upstate New York teaching high school um, in the Marcus Whitman district in near Canandaigua. Um, then decided, you know, I want more. I, I want uh, a, a different level of, of music. Like I really loved the music even more than the teaching even. So, so those two things were, were equal, but then I found that I just wanted a higher level of music in my life. And so my, uh, my uh, mentor Rod Winther at uh, Ithaca had gone to Eastman and studied with Huntsberger uh, and was assistant conductor of the Eastman Wind Ensemble. So that's what I wanted to do. So I studied um, for two years, really hard and, and practiced and took workshops. And, and then I finally got into that program. Uh, so went up to Rochester, spent two years, wonderful years at Eastman, and then looked for a college job. At that point, they were 
They were not plentiful, um, but a really great one uh, opened up in in uh, Georgetown, Texas, which um, was at Southwestern University and a small little liberal arts school, but very highly rated. Um, moved down to Texas, so all the way from New York. Um, thought I was going to spend three years there like a stepping stone and move on. And here it is 30 years later, and I just retired from that position. So that's what brought me to Texas um, from New York. So that's, a, I think, a, a brief history. So as everybody can tell, there's a lot of different age levels, ability levels, and you left out uh, some parts that you've also done some civic, you had a civic orchestra you can yeah, that for came, 20 years? That came after a few years of being at Southwestern. Um, I was invited to uh, um, audition for the position of music director of the Austin Civic Orchestra, who had lost their music director. Um, and I really was 90% a band director. I had taught a little bit of middle school strings, but that was it. And so I decided I could have said, well, no, I'm a band director and I don't do that. But I decided, you know, this is really exciting. This is something that'll push me. Uh, I'm somebody who likes to keep learning, um, you know, throughout my life. So I took the audition and I got the position. And so that, that was a, a very large part of my, my life in Texas, um, just retired from that group after 20 years of, of conducting. So that was a, a large growth portion of my life that I'm so happy uh, that I pursued. And that's one of the things you and I talked about before we started recording here was something that you find to be such an important bit of advice you give people is get out of your comfort zone because that's where the growth occurs. Yeah. And as a bander, I also had taught orchestra for a while as a band person. And it's terrifying. You're like, oh, but there, something happens when you do that and you you say, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. Um, the enjoyment process, it's 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 so different. It's terrifying, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm teaching it, beginning band for the first time ever in my life, and it's terrifying, but it's also so rewarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have, to be able to push yourself in. You know, yeah, I started to realize that it was terrifying at first because I, I don't play violin, I don't play cello, but you don't really have to play the instrument well, but you have you just understand it and understand music. So conducting is conducting. I mean, you're conducting a band, conducting orchestra, conducting a, a choir, 99% of it is the same. So you can get into, into an, a, a rehearsal and you don't know everything about playing that instrument, but you can ask questions. And, and I think that the players love it when you you say when you don't act like a like you know everything you know you're up on the podium and you say look you know violins this is the kind of sound they want here, and and again this is something else we talked about is a very important thing is to know what you want to hear first and then you can then you can find ways of getting it so never be afraid to ask the players because they know more about their instrument than you ever will even if you've taken you've taken lessons on them and you can play all of them a little bit, you know, those string players, they know how to make a sound. They know what you want. So I say, you know, you want something smooth here. You want something staccato. You want something this, how do we do that with the bow? How do we, so little by little, um, by asking questions, I learned how to, uh, so when, so when I know in the future, what I want, then I know what to ask for because you, you have to consider your, yourself a student the whole way. Do you find also when the you let the players be the experts, they have more buy-in now? Those stakeholders are contributing to the development of it, not just 
producing the music that's on the page, but all of a sudden they've got some ownership. I mean, I yeah. love that with students when you have to have a student help another. Somebody look up that bassoon fingering. Hell, yeah, I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. And, and oh, I'll do it. I'll get it, you know, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden that community sense of, hey, my... I, I'm as vested in your success as, as in this person's. And I, I think that builds community. And yeah. I, you, you just triggered a thought in me. Um, I'm a band person. And when I was doing high school band, it got so easy to just tell kids, here's what you need to know. Here's because I could. Mm-hmm. And as a beginning band teacher, I'm having to ask kids a lot more questions and letting them. And I just now, as you, you've sparked that thought is it is really helping them have more buy-in when they get to be part of that. So, Oh, you're helping. Yeah. Me it, it also helps. I mean, if, if, if your players don't think you're a dictator, you, you mm-hmm. know, that, that old image of the of the angry conductor on the podium yelling at everybody, you know, if, if you if you just make it a team effort and you say, you know, I'm the person up here who puts it all together, who has the, in, the vision of what this is supposed to be, of what this music is supposed to sound like. But I don't know everything. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, that's a, the, the newer the newer way of teaching uh, versus the old dictatorship. Uh, model, um, your players are going to like you more. And I, I don't think that you have to necessarily work to everybody has to like me. But if your players like you and respect you, it, everything works better. They will they will do anything you ask. They will do they will say, OK, you know, maybe I don't I don't agree with with that, but I'm going to do it anyway because she has shown that she knows she knows what she wants and she treats me like a human being. So, you know, if you treat people the way that you want to be treated, you know, that's that, that old golden rule, it really works. And, and asking questions makes you more connected to these people rather than them thinking, oh, it's just this, this is this figurehead up on a podium. You know, it's just, I like to break down those boundaries. I don't like to feel like the dictator. I think that the players know you respect them when you ask them for the help saying, exactly. I trust you enough to do this. So you're sending multiple messages when you do that, that are, that are there. So, and you saw the yeah. results of that, didn't you? In your orchestra, yeah, and what it was when you started to where it got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I did, I do want to say there is a line there though, that, that when, you know, uh, technically you ask for things and everything, but I do have a line where um, it's my interpretation and that I, I always have a thing where this is my interpretation. Don't question my tempos, my phrasing, stuff like that in rehearsal, because I've done the research and I know what I want to hear. Now, if if the players don't like that, don't like my interpretation, they don't like, then we get a new music director, you know, that kind of thing. But I said, but you've chosen me and I'm here. So respect what I bring to the podium in that way. But then I am totally free to ask ask you for help as to how to fulfill that vision. So there's a so there's there's two ways that you are the you are the boss up there, but you're not a dictator. It's a different. So it's a leader versus a dictator. Right, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how you keep coming back to having before you step on that podium, you have to have a clear vision of what you want because you can't help other people get somewhere if you don't know where you're going. And so when you say, you know, you want their help getting there, great. That's like stopping and filling up your car. So you have the fuel and stopping and maybe picking up yeah. a snack. So you go, but ultimately you've, you've picked the destination and right. um, as the artist, that's your role, you know? So yeah. um, I, I love that to- boundary. 
one piece of advice I would give people to just this spurred something else that I they wanted to bring here um, is that in order to know what you want, right, you, you have to have some frame of reference. You have to have education. So I always tell my conducting students that you have to be not only a conductor physically, but you, that entails being a performer, a good musician, basically a good musician, a good history professor, right? Or a good, a good historian and, and a good theorist. So all those things, it, it, when you're sitting in theory class and you're sitting in music history class and they all seem disjointed and I have to memorize this date and I have to figure out this chord. And, and then once you become a conductor, you realize that it, you have to know all of those and they all come together to produce someone with the knowledge that can have a vision and you can know what you want to hear because you have the background and that epiphany comes later. It's, it's like, as I was, as I was doing my master's degree, I realized, Oh, I have to know form and I have to know the theory behind why this chord does this. And I have to know the context of the history. And you also have to be a good educator. There's a certain natural ability of being able to teach people that has to be on the podium and you, you can sense it with good conductors that they actually can communicate and know they can communicate their thoughts and what they want. Um, there's a reason why conducting is not an undergraduate degree. You can't get an undergraduate degree in conducting because you're not good enough in everything else yet to put it all together as a package. Mm -hmm. So you have to be multi-pronged. You can't just be enigmatic and expressive and physical. There's all this mental and emotional and intellectual things that have to go uh, with it. Welcome band director bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual boot camp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. You know, being a conductor is like being a chef. You have to understand your ingredients and how they interact together, how much of each. I just thought of that. Yeah, we're very much like that's my other my other passion is cooking. Okay, there you go. Love it. And I I wish I think if I wasn't a conductor, I might be a chef. Yeah. But similar, such similar products. And you have yeah, yeah. And what's in season? Oh, okay. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Well, we're wanting to keep these tidbits uh, manageable. So I'm gonna ask you for some parting advice geared towards our our new band directors, because my vested interest here is to make sure we are making sure that the music ed community, specifically band directors, can keep doing this important work in a sustainable way. So do you have some advice you could offer to our beginning teachers now that you're on the other end? Um, maybe something <laughs> you either wish you had known at the beginning or you found to be kind oh. of your go-to. Yeah, I, I think I think don't be afraid to fail. I, I think really push yourself, know what your vision is, 
and always strive for that vision and find a way to make a plan to get there. I, I think that and, and even if you fail along the way, you still have that vision in the in the in the ahead of you that you can visualize and that you know that you want to get there. The the failing or the mistakes or the uh, and and you know you don't have it doesn't have to be a catastrophic fail. It can be just a small thing like God, I I didn't get that student to to play very well in that lesson. What did I? Why didn't I do it? You know, it could be small little things. It can be it can be like uh, obstacles of of administration or colleagues or things. But don't let that that stop your vision for what you really want. Everybody's vision can be different, but the planning and the persistence to allow yourself to make mistakes, because you've heard this, I mean, it's it's such a a trope that, you know, you you always learn from your mistakes and it really is true. Um, People who, who teach for 30 years or 35 years in my case and retire, and people say, well, you know, you've had this career. Well, you know, there's been a lot of, 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 of uphill climbs, you know, and slipping and having to grab back, you climbing that, that mountain. But I always, you always had to have the vision of, of the summit, you know, where, where you want to get. And don't let, don't let things uh, stop you. I, I think there's, just keep, keep the vision. And even if your vision changes, you can change your plan, but I think that's the thing. Don't say no to things. You know, you know, when people ask you to do something new, say yes and figure out how to do it. So that's that's my parting advice. Just just don't give up. So that vision piece, like GPS, you're going to program it into your phone. You got to get there, but you might have to take some detours along you the way. It. But if you don't have a destination plugged in, you don't know where you're going. That's exactly right. right. It's a great analogy. Okay. Well, you have brought many tidbits of information to our listeners today. Congratulations on your retirement. And thank you for all you you have given to the music ed community that will keep on giving through the students and their students and so on. So I want to thank all the listeners as well for being here to hear what Lois Ferrari has brought to the table today and all of the differences that each of you is making in the lives of students through the magic of music education. Join us next time for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier on Band Director Bootcamp.